Ladies, here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at The Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties, immersive activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny. Get your tickets now, sugar, at the uncannyexperience.com. Welcome, everyone, to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Daryl, and we are joined today by legendary Demanda Martini, um, deserving of her very own legendary legend star. Um, we don't need any reality competition to know how fantastic she is, especially when it comes to the comics community. Welcome, Demanda. Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Demanda Martini. Uh, I'm a DC-based cosplayer and drag uh, drag performer. Um, thank you all so much. That's so sweet. Legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so sweet. Um, yeah, I have been very privileged to actually meet uh, these lovely gentlemen uh, when they came to DC and came to one of my uh, drag bingos, uh, which and that was the night that I dressed up as Malice. It's I did, true. Yes, I, I did that. That kind um it's the outfit that Dazzler wears when she's possessed by Malice, where it's like all pink and nonsense. Um, but I still, I, I do have that choker. I feel like I should just like bring that out randomly. You uh, should. So. It it fits with really any other outfit. Quite literally. And I, I didn't know that Malice possessed so many other people, like, well, um, Polaris and someone else, I feel. Maybe Betsy? Uh, well, it, I, uh, I, I don't know if she did Betsy, but like there's the whole thing in X Factor, which I know later today we're going to be talking about an X Factor uh, thing, but uh, that's when Sinister kind of quote kills Malice, which is why then she's brought back um, as a as a digital form. Oh, it's uh, Omega Sentinel was the, the mm. big one that oh. she possessed when uh, during like right before Second Coming, like the whole like Messiah Complex era she came back as like a digital computer virus which again sure jan it's comics like whatever. <laughs> how can, how can she have her choker as a computer virus <laughs> that's what i want to know because because the, it's it's the choker of your mind <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we are talking about silver surfer annual number six from 1993 and i'm uh, so happy you're here for this issue because this issue is what caused this entire damn season of the podcast are you because, serious yes because i picked it up from a dollar bin at my local store yeah. uh, a shout out to comic book college because i dig in those dollar bins like once a month because you never know what they throw in there and i was reading it and i'm like wait a minute this is this first appearance character is it a first appearance it says legacy 
it's genus now. Then I like did the deep dive on Wikipedia. And I'm like, oh, every single Marvel annual from 1993 introduces a brand new character. That's wild. Uh, I want to take a deeper dive into this. And then lo and behold, here is our season of the podcast. <laughs> because you're, so, in, you're in your cosmic phase, hence Silver Surfer. Or I just saw it and I'm like, this cover looks cool. Like uh, they did, the cover artist did their job. It's Ron Lim. Um, did he knew the assignment did his job drew a cover where I'm like okay I'm into this it's Silver Surfer looking beefy and it's Jack of Hearts like those two are what sold me and I'm like okay absolutely I'll pay it off so so two things before like we get we get into into it about this which again I love I love this concept first of all having having everybody read these these annuals um for the season um, but I also remember DC doing a similar thing around, yep. around this time. It is the exact same fucking year. 1993. <laughs> is it really? 1993. Yes. Um, it was just the year of new things. And new things that went absolutely nowhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. As, yes. As, as far as I can tell, because I looked up the other characters that uh, were introduced in this plethora of annuals um i think genus vel is like the only one that has actually maintained any sort of like appearances over the last 30 years yeah um there's executioner um who was in a couple issues of marauders a couple years ago (laughs) um yeah and their and their song yes executioner and his song but, but but honestly his song wasn't even really about him. It was all about <laughs> Stripe and Cable. That 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 crossover is so weird to me, which again, I know is not at all what we're here to talk about today. Like that crossover is so weird to me that it's named after a character who plays the most smallest, almost <laughs> significant part of that entire thing. It's so crazy. And like it went I, on for like 18 parts. Yeah. I only know that it exists. So when you say that, I'm just like, what? <laughs> But it's his song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not his song. It's all about strife and cable. Um, oh. It's so crazy. But anyway, but Genus Vell, I think, is the only character who's really, like, made any kind of, like, I would say, bigger lasting impact. Because, like, mm. he has Executioner, again, he has the song. And he's made, like, one or two other appearances. But Genus Vell actually, like, got fleshed out and had a backstory and had his own... Uh, had his own comic for a while with Rick Jones, yep. but like he was the the main character. Um, he's he is a part of an actual legacy. Uh, yeah, I mean his his half brother is now like you know the king of space or whatever. Um, yeah. So like it's it's wild to me. His sister just made an appearance of Guardians an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, oh. I mean, spoiler alert. Sorry for people who haven't seen Guardians three um it's it's been out for over a month yeah that's not a spoiler i didn't i did not know he had siblings yeah i mean yeah (laughs) and they're 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 later siblings um okay so uh later in his career again we're getting a little ahead of ourselves but it's fine i i like to ramble so for those of you who haven't heard me on a podcast before you're welcome Uh, (laughs) um But uh, his his sister Phyla, after the quote unquote success of Gina, oh. his mother decided to do it again, uh, but this time have a girl. Um, and then later we find out that Hulkling 
is his half sibling um, from oh. Marvel's uh, affair that he had with the Scroll Princess. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Philavel, like the Guardians run yeah. that we really liked, that ended so unceremoniously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, which is responsible for me being a fan of Nova, even though I know nothing about his apparently 90s gritty. <laughs> oh, he, he was real grungy. Gritty oh, like when he had the long hair hanging out of his helmet? Yes. It it was dirtbag Nova in oh, the 90s. Oh, 100%. However, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, uh, the, the only good Nova is uh, Namor cosplay. Oh. <laughs> like, Nova is such like He's that he's that teenage character that like they can't seem to like have grow up, and then when he does, it it gets awkward because then all of a sudden he's like irresponsible, and you're like, but wait, Kid Nova's kind of an asshole. Like, what's this about? Um, but, but, so then they introduced a younger Nova, which is a thing, I guess. I don't know. Again, it's space Marvel. I know enough about to like know who characters are and like some of their backstories, but I'm not like in it like with x-men um, yeah and uh, um uh, once i get comics organized again that's the <laughs> problem when you collect comics like then you have a pile and you're like i need to sort you into 12 different short boxes right now right um, which, is, which is why like my comics right now are like kind of on my floor because like mm -hmm. when i get new things i'm like well where does this fit um geeky jp from instagram and i talk about it a lot where it's like okay there's a new number one but like where does it go yeah it, go in this? it gets very it, complicated my next thing it sort of plays into this issue um and what philip mentioned i really want to dig into the cosmic marvel from like the early 90s mm -hmm. there's so much going on um you have uh, the wonky guardians of the galaxy in the year 3000 mm -hmm. and silver surfer and it yeah. i'm nikki why is Nikki not a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy MCU franchise? Just angry girl with uh, literal flames on the sides of her face. Like, yes. Flames. 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 Yes. flames. flames? <laughs> on the sides of her face. Oh. I, 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 I think the redhead from this third movie is supposed to be her. And I'm like, whatever. No. No, flames are nothing. Just want her flames to like on bend her over. Flames on her head just because she's a ginger doesn't mean she's Nikki. So, so. also... Knowing, like, again, I know, like, this much about like, just teeny yeah. bits, but it's actually not even her hair. It's she's from Mercury, so her body temperature is so hot that it's literally just her body heat. It's her exhaust. Her yes, it's just <laughs> that mean, it takes the appearance of hair, and I'm like, that is such a wild concept. Yes, and that's why I want to read more of the cosmic stuff yes. because it's it's wacky shit and. and, and, and and also, like the '90s, uh, the '90s cosmic stuff. When you get into like Infinity Gauntlet and Infi like Infinity Crusade, mm -hmm. and, like all of that stuff, it's and uh, Infinity Gauntlet is, is one of the first crossovers that I read, and I legit cried because I did not realize because I was still fairly new to comics, so like killing off major characters was like what what what's going on you know to just have them come back you know an issue or so later but like that that like hurt me yeah like, like that big battle which is also why at the end of infinity war the mcu i was hoping for like more like actual death and not just like the dusting because mm -hmm. i was like oh like because again i knew that it's infinity gauntlet so like 
they're just gonna come back like it's fine but like i was expecting like actual death and destruction and and i think that bob Iger, based off of a recent interview probably would have killed off a bunch of those characters right right where he's like we need to look at which characters actually get multiple movies (laughs) if bob Iger was in charge of disney at that point he would have been like kill them all just, yeah. yeah, just murder, just murdered. All it, we're gonna start fresh. Um, but let's dive into this issue because yeah. you you touched on this. It is a Silver Surfer annual, but Silver Surfer doesn't really appear. He really issue. doesn't. He's like he's like barely there, just being you know hot and silver. Like that's all he does. Yes, it's true. Um, so the main story it's called Legacy by Ron Mars. We have Joe Phillips on pencils and Tom Christopher as the inker with a bunch of other inkers helping him. That's how you know that he was not going to make Deadline. Um, There's so many people listed. There are so many people listed. So shout out to Bob Almond, Sam De La Rosa, Ariane Lenchik, Mike Deming, Pat Redding, and Ken Bruzenak. For- no, Ken Bruzenak is the letterer. Oh, oh yes, you're right. Um, shout out to everyone but him for <laughs> pitching in last minute. Uh, to get this damn thing done. Um, no, I also say, because you sent me a scan of the whole issue, the yep. second page with the Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas coming to theaters this fall literally set my brain into a tailspin. <laughs> I was like, oh! Because I remember seeing that movie in the theater. So I'm like, oh my God. Oh, yep. It would have been too scary. I don't think my parents would have let us go see it. I've, and then I've gone back and seen it. I think I've seen almost all the movies that these annuals have been advertising. <laughs> and I've been waiting for someone to talk about like I mean, this cultural did, did moment. You, the, the, the one later, is it in this issue or the other one we're going to be talking about in, in different episodes? Oh, no, it is in this one. The Josh and Sam. <laughs> so no. I was like, I have never heard of this film. It's no. Movie advertised in the middle of this issue. Is that Matthew um, Broderick? No. It's page... Oh. Oh, yeah. Page numbers on things. It's like page six or seven. Yep. Yeah, I've never heard of this movie, nor have I heard of who is in this movie. Yeah. Um, Martha Plimpton. I know. Yeah, I, I, Plimpton. I was going to say, I see Martha Plimpton and Chris Penn. Oh. Oh, I was. Ref- <laughs> oh no! Wait, Joan Allen. Joan Allen is apparently their mom. Oh, oh. yes. But, but I, also, uh, Sam has, like, the dots in it. I'm like, is this kid a robot? I bet he's a robot. <laughs> I bet he's a robot. Anyway, wild. Um, okay, so uh, we open this issue. It is... Uh, the most ridiculous starship I've ever seen, <laughs> and I love space stuff. I'm like, Listen, the Korea people. nothing if not dramatic. Like, oh, that is a dramatic ship. Like, this got pylons sticking out of it. There's, like, weird wing flare on it. I'm like, is this a 60s sports car? Like, it, Deep Space Nine as a shape works for a space station doing awesome things. And not moving. And not moving. Right. Like, that ship looks like it should be a space station. Like, it's DS9's right. awkward cousin. I, I, I always wonder whether or not, the, I'm sure there is, and I know that probably they had a little bit more of a handle on it than I think editorial does these days, because editorial at Marvel, sometimes I'm like, what um but uh like i wonder if there's literally like if you're gonna draw a kree ship here are all of the ships that you can choose from to draw like there's like actual legit like these are Mm. our 
are files of these are different kinds of ships. Yeah. Um, because like this, this one is very wild. And I'm like, so why, so I'm like, so why is the Cree shaped like, uh, a, it's also kind of shaped like a bird of prey from the Klingons. Yeah, the front of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like DS9 and a D7 had a child. But it, it, I just wonder whether or not there's like a style guide. When yeah. When they do like ships like this. So like there should keep be. them consistent with like, you know, the style of that alien or, you know, whatever. It's just, but uh, regardless, it's a very, very dramatic ship. And uh, equally dramatic person in charge who's in shadow we know who he is i I didn't the dramatic lighting yeah he's like no lights on the face um but please hit the armor like just focus him down a little bit i had a guess but i that was confirmed later on yeah um i was like could it be also i didn't know about the kree uniforms it's 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 ronan the accuser listeners ronan Dear listener, I tried to not do a spoiler since I'm... <laughs> well, we can't just tease it when they can't see the yeah. image while they're listening. <laughs> also, it's Ronan. Also, can we also talk about the fact that anytime there's, like, a quote-unquote good Cree, they're, like, the pink-white ones, and when there's bad Cree, they're the blue ones, because that is a problem to me. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Coloring yeah. issues when it comes to race um, seems to be a consistent issue. For a yes. long time. For a long time. Yes. In comics across the board. I mean, right. Marvel is not the only one guilty of it. Right. Well, um, one of my one of my favorite uh kind of Cree Shiar stories, uh, and this is also bringing up uh, around the same time. Well, maybe a little bit later. Um, there were the um, X Men novels written by Christopher Golden, um, Mutant Empire, which if you have not read them, highly recommend. I tweeted about them a few maybe a few years ago and christopher golden was like hey thanks for reading these like, like first of all these should be the basis for the for x-men mcu like for real if not its own animated miniseries because it's so good uh uh magneto takes over the entire island of manhattan which is not a new concept but uh but at the same time the star jammers crash land into earth and so half the x-men have to go to new york to figure out that issue and then half the x-men go into space to deal with again around the same time death birds uh iron fist grip on the kree homeward world holla um but anyway the reason i bring that up is because they and that book definitely play up the fact that sort of pink and blue don't matter and it's just they're just people everywhere um but you know they're all different kinds of people whereas like these depictions in the comics definitely make it much clearer to them that like the good guys have like the quote-unquote pink skin even though it's white people um like mar like marvell and the bad people are blue and it's Mm. very not cute to me yeah we go down to a world which is called Paraxis here. Later, they just shorten it to Praxis, just like Star Trek. <laughs> um, it's a definite, they drop the first A, but we're, for now, we're on Paraxis and we see a, a basically a farm home. Um, it's like it's in the middle of some fields, and there is this ne'er do well. Um, he has a cloak and a hat and he is trading something that he found in a box to a woman for a very special piece of jewelry. 
I mean, if it wasn't, if he wasn't so decrepit, I'd say like there's a Highwayman reference to be made. Right. He 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 looks he looks very uh Western like mm-hmm. like Western uh outlaw kind of a thing. Yeah. And it, and and also like not knowing who this woman quote unquote is without any kind of like captioning or whatever. I was like, is this Cersei? Is this <laughs> is is this any kind of any other like kind of woman of like any galaxy or whatever? Because it's like that that head thing that they love to put around uh, women's hair when either it's space or, uh, you know, underwater or whatever. So I'm like, who is this? And why do I care about her? (laughs) (laughs) She's having some real drama moments. And like like, the thing is, she looks fine. And like her, like the first time we see her, like the, so the first time we see her face, she's angry. The next time we see her face, she's like laughing. And then the third one, she's like crying. And I'm like, ma'am, pick an emotion. (laughs) It's a roller coaster. Yes. Like what is going on? And she's like, I don't fear the Cree. (laughs) And then she's and then she immediately starts crying when she's giving away this like red jewel. The solidified hydrogen from the heart of a star. Right, right. It's very, very strange. I feel like it needs its, that piece of jewelry needs its own moment. Like there needs to be a space Titanic version where it just falls into a sun or something. But, but also like, never to be referenced again. I'm sure. Oh, um, sad. Um, then we cut to a bar on Calculex, pro- accurately known as the armpit of the universe. It's basically the Star Wars cantina, but oh, with like sure. full lighting, and. Yes. We have Ludo from Labyrinth making an appearance. Yeah, D- Daryl and, clocked it, and I had no idea. And and also, there's uh, R two D four, I think, down there, but he has like feet instead of wheels. Oh, oh the the white and blue thing. Yeah, yep. and then and then he looks like he looks like Teen Wolf bartender. Oh yeah, at least in my opinion. And then we have. A three-breasted woman, much like Total Recall, because obviously nothing says space hooker like three tits. It's it's true. And, and there's the woman in pink who's a cross between an Orion and an Andorian. Yes. Like Orion skin pigment, but antennae like an Andorian or Anar. And that's a really cool thing about Cosmic Marvel around this time, because you'll get group scenes and they throw in like E.T. and Elf and... Like you just look at crowd scenes and you can pick out fun Easter eggs that the artist draw in. And that's this is the second issue that had a bunch. Like there was that convention in oh New Warriors in one of the backup stories. Yes, I think. And they had all the um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand oh, people that's in fun. it. Yeah. Um, there are a couple other fun references in that. So we cut to a card game. So we're focusing down in this bar to some sort of card game. We don't need to know the rules because it doesn't matter. Um, and we know that Legacy is playing because we've seen him on the cover. So uh, he's got that weird cowl thing and the hair. Yeah, that, very I, I 90s. Say, that, that's how we know he's the 90s hero. He has the, the net condom, like the head condom thing. <laughs> yep. Yes. With, with and, the ponytail sticking out of the back of it. There's like all sorts of strands coming undone. He he's Man, serving unkempt. Yeah, I cannot imagine like these '90s, like the way people drew hair in the '90s. I'm like, when they were to, if they were to take it all down, their lengths would be so 
like just fucked like there's like, <laughs> like the the layering that their hair has to do in order to get these weird lengths that they draw i'm like yep. it's again people just not understanding how hair works legacy is cheating at this card game and gets caught because he has a hollow projector on his wrist and the big reptilian person is upset he's, and he's got a which, whole crew I don't understand how he knows he's using a hollow projector. Like, there's nothing in the visuals that, to me, depict what that is. It's like he knew that there was cheating happening, and then Legacy got all shifted. Like, huh, 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 I'm going to flip the table. And <laughs> it's when the, I think it's when the green guy grabbed his wrist. Yeah. That, like, there was a crunch of the hollow emitter. But, because but, but, we... but again, there, there, there's no, like, visual cue of, like, right. an image that then changed. There's no like little yellow grid indicating like right, right. It's just force fields and photons. Yes. Right. Um, so he gets chased out of the bar by the reptile guy and his crew, uh, the lizard crew. Sprinting away. And, and they catch him. They beat him up a little. Yeah, they rough him up. And <laughs> which also I do have to appreciate that Legacy in his first appearance gets beat up a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like he's he's not good at this. No, I do. And he's about to get like his kidneys cut out. <laughs> wake up in a tub full of ice. Yeah. yeah. But the Silver Surfer makes the save. Looking just, very hunky. He doesn't skip leg day. He, um, doesn't, he doesn't skip any day. and But he does for, skip clothes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, but when you look, okay, this is a full, full fact. If you look like that, you don't need clothes. Like, <laughs> I will say that to any person. Like, if you look like that, you don't need clothes. It's fine. Um, but also, just as we know, like, there's a million different inkers on this issue. Like, the art is so inconsistent. Mm. It's it's very it's very weird how and like that's also how you kind of know that like it's an annual or like a fill in issue because it's just like the art just isn't isn't crisp. It isn't like similar and i will say like in comics now that's much easier taken care of because a lot of it is digital so it's like they can just kind of fix that yeah um but like these the, yeah this issue the art is kind of all over the place yeah and you mentioned going through all of these annuals just to look at like the listing of the new characters mm -hmm. there are 27 annuals that marvel pumped out this year within the space of i think it was like six months i'd have to check the checklist mm -hmm. which came on a convenient trading card mm -hmm. in nice. uh, one of the issues um but it was all within like six months so it was everyone they could draw upon basically thrown right. at everything to make it work regular writers fill-in writers fill-in artists so i mean the the shading is fun on him and the like white circles and half circles and polka dots yeah uh -huh. is a fun cosmic effect so silver surfer shows up to stop these people and um legacy is like thanks for saving me and silver surfer's like well your mom sent me so <laughs> but also i will say the the, the panel of uh, silver surfer in yellow where he says my business is not with you is actually one of the best panels in this whole issue like mm -hmm. it's just it's like fun composition it's cool colors it shows how powerful he is and also silver surfer just being hot and naked yeah i have a question about why does legacy have all the marvell themed clothing but doesn't <laughs> but doesn't know like did he i think his mom 
dresses him. <laughs> so she's like, this would look really good on you. But we have I got I picked it up at the Kmart for you. But has right. he been wearing it for five years? Because he hasn't seen his mom since he left home at 17. Either that or he's a really huge Dazzler fan. Oh, it's the same. It's the same star. And you can see the star in the back of his jacket. He's serving cake. Um, Not as much cake as we've seen in the annuals. No. (laughs) Um, But but also, like, you're right. Like, why is he already wearing this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're giving it away too soon. It's like, sir, how did you know that your superhero costume (laughs) was supposed to represent your dad when you didn't even know who your dad was or you didn't even want to be a superhero? When you thought your dad was Star Fox. Right. Now, again, if you didn't have, like, the Star Fox thing on his back, I get it. Because also, if your dad is an internet or intergalactic, like, playboy, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, my father, the intergalactic (laughs) playboy, Eros. Yeah. Very unhappy with you. He invented Toaster Strudel. (laughs) He invented toaster strudels. <laughs> um, like, and will like, not be very happy with you. Yes. Like it's, yeah. But it, it, but also, if your dad is an intergalactic playboy, like there's got to be a whole club, like a, the membership to that. A group. playboy club. You of like, even. Oh, he's your father. He's my father too. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I mean, to be fair, yep. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. We we learn his mom's name is Elysius. I misread it at first. I thought it was Elysium. I'm like, but that's a place. <laughs> it's Elysius. She probably owns the place. Yeah. Oh. But, but but at the same, but it's like obviously the character was already established before then. But it's like she's a nondescript white woman with black hair who wears head jewelry. Like, dear Marvel, be more descript. <laughs> yes. Um, and in that way. As we're reading through this, uh, one of our gauges through all of these issues that we consider is, does this issue do its job of sort of explaining things? And they're getting there. Like, they're not blatant about it as other issues have been where it's like a big splash page with all of the text boxes working your way down, explaining all the backstory. Mm -hmm. So Ron Mars is at least weaving things in somewhat organically. For He's leaving breadcrumbs for us to figure things out through the story yeah a like it's a you're right it's an appropriate amount of exposition but also b why didn't we make a bingo card for all of these origin stories <laughs> no we oh, should have. Uh, maybe with our season wrap party we'll have a bingo card of some sort or at least a checklist of like yeah had this is the trope um, that trope be, the other trope be, be, it's also like we mentioned earlier like silver surfer is barely in this issue so like why is this Silver Surfer's job to introduce he, this guy. Because he got hired. He's, <laughs> com- he's completing a fetch quest as a part of a greater w- leveling up. In scheme. a video game, yes. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we cut away to our bird of prey. For a single page. And they're yes. like, oh, uh, there's a blip on Paraxis. We're he's, tracking something. We're going to go there. It's supposed to be uninhabited, but there's <laughs> one person living there. there, there there's, there's so many uninhabited planets apparently because like we go to another one and like one of the the backup stories in this and it's like how many uninhabited like beautiful planets are there in- there can't be that many class m planets right like- right but but you're thinking in star trek terms and oh, yeah. marvel doesn't get the star trek license until 96 so <laughs> <laughs> um 
then we cut back to Silver Surfer and Legacy riding on the back of... Uh, it's, it's Silver Surfer's ferry service. Yes. And um, now I just want a Marvel legend of Legacy as he is before he became... Genusville? Yes, Genusville slash Captain Marvel. With the right. hair swept back yes. and a very confused look on his face. Like, what am I doing here? And they're on their way to go see his mom. And... They go to the hut, the only hut on the planet. At least obviously. it's a, yes. at least but, it's but, but, but also, I, lo- I love, he's like, I bet you know my dad, Eros the Titan. <laughs> <laughs> the inventor of toaster strudel. <laughs> he's the inventor of toaster strudel. And, you know, he's, he's so busy having sex with other people, which is what he says here. Yes. <laughs> he's like, he's been so busy that he's never really around. He's just at Pound Town. Oh. Um, just, he's very busy. Yes getting busy and uh, we get the the mom guilt of like you never come home and he's like there's nothing here for me it's like mom uh." (laughs) mom there's like a wheat field and that's it some very cool looking insects though yeah in that wheat field and uh, um then he's like where his mom Alicia says Eros wanted you to be here and he's like why should I dad's never here and she's like son Eros is not the father and she turns into Maury and and then we smash cut to space again after that revelation right it's it's trying to be a soap opera and I can respect that yeah so, so the the career coming down, and then, and then, so Reserve was like, "There's a lot of emotion here. I need to go. I'm gonna go." Sit <laughs> I'll be outside. I love that he's like, "There's feelings in here, and it's making me a stoic, autistic, like un- unfeeling cosmic being, and I need to go outside." <laughs> <laughs> like, I know this is my comic, but bye. Like, can't do it. We're I'm out. And then there's a, then there's an explanation of it. Captain Marvel again, like Ron Mar is being a pretty deft writer that he's like, okay, now we're going to insert like some panels of origin. I do like though for this flashback, in, there's a uh, what's the word motif yes. of like oranges, yellows, like the, you the, can the it's visually very different. Yeah. Yes, it's telling you that this is a flashback in the colors alone. It's the sepia tone of the past. And we find out that Elysius was always with Captain Marvel. That And then the original Captain Marvel, he died of cancer. She was very sad. And then she's like, Weeping. oh, but I froze some of his sperm. So She didn't freeze some of his sperm. She created new sperm from the databanks of the computer. Oh, true. Which is less fun, let's because, be real. Because Isaac, if you don't read a lot of Cosmic Marvel, he's the one who it keeps all the records for all of the Titans. Like, oh, uh, all everyone who lives there, he's like their knowledge bank, but he's also sentient. So she went up to Isaac and she's like, yo, I want that D thrown in me one more time. And he's like, babe, I got you. And... Um, he's, like, he's like, I will even put it in a phallic canister for you. Yes, like, um, it's not not a turkey baster. Yes, um, we uh, 
we got like the dildo in the form of Griffin Barrow's cock, and <laughs> um, it it it's already to go whenever you're ready. And she's like, "Okay, I'm ready to get preggers." She gets preggers. Okay, okay. There, she's having in these flashbacks all the moments. There's like doting as Marvell is ill, weeping dramatically upon his monument. Right. And then after working tirelessly the, to get that sperm created at the computer. <laughs> yes. After the sperm, and she's got like, I don't know what's happening in the scene. Like, you know those people that you take a picture for them? They're like, oh no, can you get another one but better? And like 16 photos later, <laughs> you end up with this with her like windswept robes <laughs> blowing. Heaving Star- cleavage. Yes. <laughs> Serving cleavage. Star Fox, like, listening to her belly for the kicking of his not-son. And he's like, I'm going to take care of you, but I'm not always going to be around. I hope you're okay with that. Like, I'm going to be an absentee. It it is the definition of open marriage. Yes. (laughs) It's just a a whole mood. Like, And uh, then we get the story of why legacy is so old right now, because in even in real time in 93, like Captain Marvel kicked the bucket, I think in like the early eighties or late seventies. So it hasn't been that long. So as a reader, if you've been a Marvel fan for a while, you're like, but why is he so old? Don't worry. They explain it. They're like, everyone is going to be gunning for Captain Marvel's son slash DNA twin. And And he needs to be able to defend himself. So they aged him up in a test tube real quick. I honestly kind of like this device, mostly because I really like the Codex Alera books. It's like, if I'm daydreaming about having powers, half the time it's Wheel of Time stuff. The other (laughs) half, it's Codex Alera. And to protect her son, this woman uses her water healing abilities to slow his growth. So he is not aged as people would have thought that he would be aged. Well, the reverse is happening here. I know, that's what, but it's similar mechanism. So uh, they put him in some chemicals and they age him up. And then she's like, oh, then I remember the day you left. And I said, Which bye. Which was only like yeah. five days after he was born, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Which is she, so bizarre. It's wild. Like this, this literal baby is going out and cheating people at cards. And she's like, only been alive for like five years. I will do so much to protect him, but I'm just gonna let him go, do whatever. And he's literally just born. He was when did when did she say he was an adolescent? So he was at least thirteen. So she only had him for two years, and now he's been gone for five. So he's like a seven year old baby. Yes. (laughs) Oh, it's like Cast Voyager vibes. It is like Cast Voyager vibes. Um. And she ends this whole story with like, I was so sad, but look at this thing I got you. <laughs> but look, I got you prezies. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're from your dad. And he's like, this is all so much. And what are these things? <laughs> like, right. And he's immediately confused by what they are. Um, but, but again, smash cut because this is a Silver Surfer book. We need Silver Surfer in here. Yeah, and the Cree like jump from the wheat field and they're like, uh, so we didn't expect you, but we're still gonna fuck you up. And and they are woefully underprepared. <laughs> and Silver Surfer's like, I'm not sure if you know who I am, but I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> and and then from the field of dreams comes Ronan the Accuser. Like still like the panel above the reveal, he's still in shadow, except he's got his like Warhammer. That's yep. Right. That's how I knew. Um also shout out to Lee Pace for being him in that movie. <laughs> Just shout out to Lee Pace. <laughs> but also, Lee, Lee Pace, we know you're listening. But, um, also, but also I love the pie maker. But that's a whole other discussion about Shotek. I can't yes. too soon. Um, we should continue on to this gift where he's like, this is nice, but you know I'm not really a bracelet guy. And... <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, thanks, but this is a lot of responsibility for a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ronan destroys the wall of this hut and is like, give them to me. I know what they are. He's really the Wicked Witch of the West where he's like, Yo, this bitch who just got them doesn't know what to do with them. I do. So right. uh, give them over. And, and, I mean, and also, he, I appreciate that he he fully does like, a, I'm going to explain to you like why it is that I want these. We can reconfigure them to my to my yeah. DNA. And she really should have built a house out of bricks because that straw slash stick thing did right. not Right, right. She only had the technology to make a mud hut. Um, even though she's like this all-powerful being who can yeah. replicate someone's DNA. Right. Um, she's good with science, not with engineering. Uh, right. and, and in true fashion, Ronan says he's going to kill his mother unless he gives him the thing. So he creates a hologram of Captain Marvel, which is so random. It's, but it's <laughs> like, we, we needed to know that he has the hollow projector in the card game. That way we yes. know what he's doing here. And it's like so stupid. But I will say the end, at the bottom of this page 28, when you actually see Genisville's stubble, again, that's how you know he's a 90s hero. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then... So a momentary distraction allows him to put on the... The bracers. Bracers, bracelets. Wrist Even though cups. he already had gold bracelets on before. Like yes. those are like the hollow projector gold bracelets. And he's now like, he's fuck this trash. Sure. And he's like, but his legacy lives up. Like the big splash page where it's revealed that his name is Legacy. Legacy is in like the special font. I mean, yeah. I'm whelmed by this page. It's it's very well. The again, art is inconsistent. I don't know what these body proportions are. <laughs> no, he is, he is cinched. He is he's sent he's cinched for the gods. His shoulders are way too fucking big. His arms are way too long. Like, I don't know what's happening here. I mean, I'd be into those pecs, but then his... I don't know what happened to his neck and his chin. Yeah. <laughs> they are one. They have joined together. <laughs> and his, it's not... If you're going to have your splash page of introduction, like capital right. letters, splash page of introduction, you have a better facial expression than... Right. Yeah. And and also I really need them to be consistent about what his hair is doing because <laughs> is it long on top and a ponytail coming out of the back or is it just like all shaved underneath and just like full mullet coming down the mm. back because I'm confused as to what's happening. Because thing. we turn the page and it is drawn at least three different ways. Yes! <laughs> from what we just saw. And this is the battle between him and Ronan and he gets the shit kicked out of Yes, he's not good at this. He is not good. He is literally like, I'm going to try it. Again. Bam. <laughs> like, he gets the second bloody nose of the comic. And, right. and we're only 30 pages in. Um, and 
it would take Silver Surfer shooting Ronan from behind. As which like, I guess it's good that this is a Silver Surfer comic because he's around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, turnabout is fair play. He mm. took umbrage to Ronan ambushing him from the wheat fields. Now he did the same to Ronan. And now they're even. And, <laughs> and then Ronan's like, I'm not prepared to deal with two empowered foes. The only viable course of action is flight. And then he's like, beep, boop, boop on his wrist <laughs> controller. And he's like, bye. And disappears. He's like, I will have my revenge. When you said beep, boop, boop, I honestly thought that that was an onomatopoeia on the page. It could have been. Because it's so perfect. And they missed a golden opportunity. They really did. For a fun onomatopoeia. And then we jump ahead a few hours. And, and we know that because he says it's been a few hours. Yes. <laughs> he he actually vocalizes it. It is not just like so a descriptive have, text. Yeah. Have they just been standing there? Yes. Like just looking into the sky for a few hours. Yeah. And he's like, I need to go do this. And Silver Surfer, can you help my mom rebuild her house? I have to leave <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to stay to help. But Silver Surfer can... I had to read it twice. So, like, did I miss like the characters that are happening? Shouldn't Silver Surfer be leaving and the dude helping his mom? But no, no. he's like, I need to go have a moment at my dead DNA. I don't know. My sperm donor's grave. (laughs) And and you just live your lathe and plaster life remudding this. Yes. Do you know how long that hole is gonna take to repair? It's so funny that again, in the few hours they have not fixed her house. They did. Like, it's like don't they have like, the I, power between the two of them? There's like the power cosmic happening, and they're right? like they're literally just standing on the edge of the field, being like, "Hell of a day, right?" Right. Yeah. It's it's again wild. It's the wild. sunset of nostalgia. Like it has it has <laughs> the same color theme as the flashback. So like. If there was a pan flute of nostalgia, it would be paired with the sunset of nostalgia. Yes. yes. And then he's at the grave and he's like, I'll be the best to keep, I'll, like, I'm going to do the best to keep your memory alive. And he has a sad boy moment where he, there's like the single tier. The single um, tear. It's, <laughs> it's, well, I, I'm here for this character. What a bizarre introduction because this is where we end the first part of this book. Like, legacy. not appearing in the rest of this book nor is silver surfer really and (laughs) and um this is where we just get um sad boy moment and he's like i'm going to be a worthy successor to the legacy of captain marvel but also but how you got your ass beat twice and needed silver (laughs) surfer to help you both times like sir you're not silver surfer silver surfer is literally helping your mom like gather some hay from a field to reconstruct her hut while you're crying over the grave of someone one you never met two did you even really know of him because he obviously died before you were born but he already has the outfit he does already have the outfit so in in his defense he does have a really for the 1993 a very cool design like yes. it like you you immediately get the reference like we get it it's there 
Uh, it's very 90s, very like cool, like slacker superhero kind of thing. But you're right. what a weird introduction to a character that has zero to do with Silver Surfer. Like it's so random, like why this even happened. But then reading this, it's like, but this is the character that Marvel chooses to like put its money behind and continue to like bring out. What Marvel writer read this? Yeah, j- 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 just, just like what we say with like, you know, the, the newer writers in like the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh yeah, I remember uh, Fantasia. Like, I'm going to bring her back. Oh, I remember X-Men 2099. Like, I'm going to bring them back. So it's like, who read this and was like, and then in like 1996, Seven, like, was that was that when he then got? It was ninety nine, and it was Peter David. Peter David reading this, being like, "This is the character that I need to bring back." And to Peter David's credit, did a phenomenal job. Um, It it, and so I I got that first issue because that was back in my days when I collected uh, Wizard magazine, and it came a preview of it, or it was the whole first issue. I can't remember. Came with. Uh, oh, um, an issue of Wizard. And I remember reading it being like, oh, is this the first appearance of this character? No, it's not. No. <laughs> so, um, it, and even right now, this version of Genusfell Legacy is appearing as we're recording this in the Warlock miniseries that Marvel is pumping out this year. So it's a flashback to Adam Warlock doing stuff in the past. And it, Legacy, as he appears here, is appearing in current Marvel comics, which is just mind-blowing. Right. I mean, the closest we've come to someone with this, that, I can't even say that much staying power because no one has that in any of the ones that we're reviewing, but he's, I think, past Adam X? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam X was only in, like, two or three issues of X-Force in its quote heyday before then he just became the butt of jokes in like the Utopia era. Yeah. The um, Esco thought that left my head. Oh, it's like very campy drama like mm. in this story. It's very soap opera which is fine. Yeah. And I want to read more of him. Like I want to read more Cosmic Marvel beyond this issue to see what he does because I know he is in some single issues of Silver Surfer a- after this because I have them and I've seen the covers. Oh. Um, Are we asking the question now then? We can ask the question now about this main story because then we're going to get into the backup stories that don't. They don't have hurt. anything to do no. with anything. No. Again, the, the points don't matter and nobody wins. So <laughs> do does this make you want to read more Legacy? Does this make me want to read more Legacy? Yeah. No, because he has siblings that are much more interesting. <laughs> Fair. Um, would you want to read more Silver Surfer of this era based off of this? So I will say um, my introduction to Silver Surfer was um, the Infinity Gauntlet. And so I, one of the first issues that I bought, so not, so I was a huge Excalibur fan, but because uh, around this time was Infinity Gauntlet, there is the tie-in issue of Silver Surfer. Because, you know, and uh, for those of you who have read it, there's the thing where Silver Surfer's whole job the entire time is to literally wait for the perfect moment to steal the gauntlet off Thanos' hand. And he misses. And which, <laughs> what? But, but at the same time, 
Adam Warlock, I think, makes him miss on purpose because that was part of his whole plan or whatever. Um, but when he misses, he then goes into like this like doom spiral in his head, and like this whole issue is just like a whole recap of like his entire life. And it's very weird. There again, it's over here somewhere in my collection. But there's a whole thing with like a dead woman in full in a tub full of blood. Like I don't remember like why that's a thing, but it is. Um, so like I was very confused by Silver Surfer because I was like, what is this character? Like what? And, like he he failed at his job. He then goes has like sad sad boy moments in space. But that's also what a lot of the boys in space do. They're just all yeah. very sad. Um, but he was like <laughs> cool, and also for my young queer self, he was also like naked. So like. Yeah, yeah, I was into that. Um, so in this era, I read it, and do you know what I did? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was cool to look at, and of course, like I told my mom that I was a really into Silver Surfer. Um, but no, I was completely uninterested. And again, from this issue, like he's barely in it. Like <laughs> Silver Surfer to me is, uh, I call it the. Um, the Kramer phenomenon, when a side character that seems really cool and has really cool moments, whether whether they're really funny, like a Kramer or uh, like Silver Surfer, where they're just like really kind of cool, but they're a side character, but they try to make them the main character, mm. it doesn't work. Because oh, they like Boba Fett. Yeah, they, 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 they've never, like they haven't had, like, and, and no one's been able to like give them enough of a, character to make them interesting. I, I also feel the same thing as like Brittany from Glee. She worked much better as someone who said like something really stupid every other episode. But then True. when they try to make her like this whole thing, like it kind of ruins part of the character because then you're trying to like give them a backstory and like give them like motivations for why they're doing it. It's like sometimes people just need to be like I say something cool or I come in and I blow things up or whatever. Like it just it just doesn't work for me. Fair enough. And this annual, I don't know if it does the job, just like you mentioned, of selling people on reading more Silver Surfer. It is it's almost the opposite of what we've seen in some of the other annuals, where you can tell that the writer had a regular story, like they had a plan. And then editorial said, you need a new character. And they right. sort of like wedge the first appearance character in and they're on the fringe of this main story. And you can tell mm -hmm. this one is the exact opposite where Ron Mars got the directive like, okay, you need a new character. And he wrote a story based all around that new character. So, yeah. and then right. he's like, oh yeah, this is my Silver Surfer annual, which is probably <laughs> why this main story is one of the shortest i feel i think so uh, I... it's clocking in at under 40 pages and that's with ads in between <laughs> as page numbers um for the silver surfer annual story before we get into terax the axe which if anyone was searching for a terax story in an annual no he didn't have his own annual this year even though <laughs> everyone else did um but he did have his own story within an annual so they could, you know, all those Terax fans out there could get their fix. So, oh, this is the dude in your basement. You're like, he has an axe. I don't know his name. And then I was like, cool, he has an axe and his name is actually Terax. <laughs> yes. So that was 
this is the second Tarok story that I've ever read. The first one is The New Warriors. So I always thought that Tarox was a New Warriors villain. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out that he actually wasn't and that that was like a weird off, like off issue of him randomly coming to Earth. Um, what a dumb character. And like, why <laughs> Why are we caring? I'm assuming that, that obviously like they're going to build up to him being back in the Silver Surfer comics. Like he's going to like make a resurgence or whatever. But it's also like, like reading this, I'm like, but for what? Like, it, mm. it, it, and like it, I also assume that for Ron Mars, this is a, oh good, I have all these other issues, I have all these other pages to fill in this annual. So I actually didn't have time to tell this story in like the regular book for Terax has come to like tease his comeback. So this is the perfect point for me to just put that all together, put it in this thing and like move on with my life. Yeah, and but it's so unmem not memorable. No, like, it's not at all. I couldn't remember what was between Silver Surfer and Ganymede and Jack of Hearts, and, and it's just him going into a like he a menaces someone. He goes into the shop, menaces the shop owner, steals the thing, destroys the robots, and walks out. Like yeah. that's it. I do like that the robots are named after Laurel and Hardy. I mean, I do, I do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it is just Terex in a gigantic film noir coat and hat and hat going in and getting his axe. That's that's the that's story. story. That's it. And and also he he apparently likes to use guns now. Oh yeah, <laughs> he went in for the axe, found some guns, and went pew pew pew. That's like and oh, he's like oh good. he's like um these these are quite effective. I, I'll take these two. Yes. Um, so uh, you're welcome, listeners. We just summarized like an right. eight-page story right. with one um, sentence. I will also say that this little blue alien shopkeeper guy does give off strong shopkeeper guy from Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, mm. which I'm like, I guess kind of well-remembered Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Not that I think that James Gunn has still read a comic book. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it it was just kind of like oh yeah there are these like random like shopkeepers on these like city planets or whatever and mm -hmm. kind of it's it's kind of cute but also at the same time it's like we didn't need this but speaking of we don't need this story and nothing happens this next story like, so okay <laughs> yes. um, it it stars Jack of Hearts and Ganymede and I before we which, jump into which this, also I'm gonna stop you right there yeah who yes. question mark Wait, who Jack of Hearts or who Ganymede? Both. Because... <laughs> Both. Like, I, I, I do know who Jack of Hearts is, but it's like, but who? I I stan Jack of Hearts. I uh... You had a whole moment when we passed by Daryl Young's art booth yes. and saw Jack of Hearts up there and you were like, I, I need, need it. <laughs> um, like there's this print of Jack of Hearts and I'm like, the, he, I love... D-list characters, Demanda. I, I mean, just, hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> so, so, um, you have a hold on the D-list X characters yes. and have an affection. I have a similar affection. If I feel for like D-list cosmic people. Okay. Um, Jack of Hearts is one of them. When I was at our local comic store digging through twenty-five cent bins this past yes. week, I found issue three of a limited series that is Jack of Hearts and Ganymede. They had a whole mini. Did they really? Yeah, right around this time they did. So um, I read this, of course, a few months before we recorded. I refreshed myself last night before recording. 
And I was like, wait a minute, that's right. They had a whole, a whole like thing. they were here. And then they so, have a miniseries. So is the miniseries before or after this issue? So I would it, have to it, check it, the it, date. I don't know offhand. I do believe uh, it is Ron Mars. So so I'm I'm wondering, well, I'm wondering whether or not this was like, oh, these two are like off somewhere. So this is about to be their miniseries. The my two thousand even just like looking at this page, um, you said that people hated drawing Jack of Hearts because he had like the outfit from oh, a yes. Jack of Hearts with all the detail on it. Mm-hmm. This outfit does not have that, which made me kind of sad. They simplified it. And then Ganymede. So Moons of Jupiter, Ganymede, it, like, it's a great name. Yeah. If you play Solar Quest, you want to land on it first so you mm-hmm. can get rent from everyone else. It, um, which but, we should explain Solar Quest is a 1980s board game that is like... It's a Monopoly, um, but space, so it's cooler. There you go. Um, and the thing like Uranus's moons are all Shakespeare characters Neptune's all have things to do with the sea mm-hmm. Saturn's are all titans um and Jupiter's are all like lovers lovers yeah yeah and so Ganymede was like a cup bearer from court like then why does she have a, a downward sword like Brock Lesnar in her boobs oh we do not need a Brock Lesnar <laughs> reference on this podcast I mean uh, I mean Brock Lesnar got a Ganymede so, tattoo we can say that so this character is obviously in my opinion because I, I I had to, I had to look her up I had to look her up on marvel.com wikipedia all of that so to be like who is this why do I care just from her design alone they're like oh Wildcats was a thing this is Zealot from Wildcats but in Marvel. She's part of a ancient sisterhood. She has the 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 spiky tattoos on her face. She's a warrior woman who does not wear any kind of armor or protection. Wants to be full tits out at all times. Like and also like I can't have relationships with men, but I still want to make out, but I can't have a relationship with you. Like you just you just summarized the whole you, thing. Yeah. You summarized this story except um, you didn't mention like the nudity that is happening oh, in, in this children's get, book. I was getting there. Like, okay, thank you. Go, yes, go. So crazy to me. So, it, and the thing is, it's not crazy because obviously, like, men are disgusting. But like, this thing is nothing about tits and ass. Like, this character who is supposedly quote unquote asexual because she does not want any sort of entanglements with anyone, but is fully is almost nude then gets fully nude to get into the water and then still blasts a robot apart while fully nude it is like fanboy wet dream nonsense that i just cannot get behind and it makes me actually angry about comic books like that whole thing because that is not the first time that happened that's not the last time that's happened it is continually happening today it makes me so angry that like that's a thing um, but also on the flip side of that, it's funny that like women, when they get nude in comics are still expected to be like fully like hot and like break stuff up. But like when dudes get naked in comics, it's usually it's like to be funny, like Alan Davis uh, did it all the time, especially with like Captain Britain, Brian Braddock. He did that all the time where he was like nude, but it was like funny, mm-hmm. uh, which again is kind of funny, but it's also like, it just plays up this whole thing in our society that like, men getting men's nudity is hilarious and look how funny this is 
Whereas mm-hmm. like women, and and they need to be in a form of state undress at all times in order to titulate men. And it's gross and I hate it. And I really don't like this character. Like she symbolizes like all of that 90s bad girl trend in like in like one image. Minted by the patriarchy. Like, yes. Ugh. It seems very, like just as you said, like so trope, so typical for like dudes on dudes. Yes. Um, it, 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 and also again, like the story doesn't really serve a purpose. There's no real, like the whole, like, I guess this is supposed to serve as like some kind of like romantic tension where you're like, oh, they are, it's, so it's trying to build a will they or won't they relationship between the two of them. But I'm just like, but we established that already. So why did we need this? We didn't. We really didn't. I guess, again, Ron Mars just had these two characters that he really liked and wanted to, like, make them be a thing. Yeah, and Ron Mars brought Jack of Hearts into the main Silver Surfer title. So um, it was a character he had utilized or was going to utilize in the main title. Again, just like you said with Terax, like, trying to get visibility on the character and do something that he obviously wanted to do just with Jack of Hearts. It's a Jack of Hearts and Ganymede duo story off nothing to do right if it wasn't so dumb it would be fine so so like this right here could have been three panels in like like a a chris claremontian like oh we're gonna i'm gonna build up this story that i want to have come up later so this could have been summed up in like three or four panels or a page even in just like a silver surfer comic and then at the end being like join jack of hearts and ganymede's adventures and you know, and whatever their limited series is like, the, mm-hmm. like the fact that they, it feels like this story was stretched to fill this many pages in order to just like put it in the back of this book. Yeah, and I feel like there's better ways of doing it. Like if you want to make something compelling, have Ganymede talk about like what those oaths mean to her instead of just being like, oh, you're hot, therefore like I think my mission's done. I'm going to disregard my vows until this guy shows up that makes me realize that my vows are still in effect like you could do much more like soul searching much more like an examination of what it means to give your word in an oath like when do you get to make the determination that your oath has been fulfilled and you can then move on with your life in a way that's not hypersexualized and that's not so dumb and right and and the other thing is that i mean I, one thing I will say I slightly appreciate is the fact that Jack of Hearts is the damsel in this whole thing. Like, it's definitely, True. like, her her quest, her journey um, kind of a deal because she's the one who, like, does literally any of the fighting. Um, but at the same time, it's just all of it. Just throw mm-hmm. it in the garbage. <laughs> the last part of the issue... The pinups. The pinups. Uh, the pinups. Because we needed to take up more page space. <laughs> like and we, we needed to have more Silver Surfer in the book. Yeah, so we get two Silver Surfer pinups, and then we get the Morgue and Tyrant pinup, which is teasing... Oh, the Ganymede thing. Like, Ganymede is fighting Tyrant. Yes, so teasing the following spring after this issue. More to come. But, I mean, I like uh, Colleen something... Her pinup was super fun. Like, so cosmic. He's swirling around a black hole and there's a planet and some moons. Like, I like that one better than the Galactus one. And 
there's I, a nice maybe there's... the asteroid one where he's protecting a NASA shuttle. That one's, <laughs> that one's a take silver medal for the pinups. Right. Har har. Because yeah. it's silver surfer. All right. Any last thoughts on this issue? Uh, no, I mean, just, I will say reading this issue with like the ads still in it was very lovely and nostalgic for me. Like, because they, the, again, like the legit ads from 1993, I was like, no, I remember seeing all of these ads and all of the issues that, you know, that I read at this time. Um, but no, I all- mean, it, th- th- this, again, this issue as a Silver Surfer issue, I don't get it, but work. Um, <laughs> and also I feel very honored for the fact that again like I ha- get to be on the issue where it's like we have an actual lasting character who gets to do more stuff in the Marvel Universe because I le- legitly don't feel like any of the other characters that I've seen you guys talk about or like you've posted about uh, have been in anything else except for Adam <laughs> X's and like three or four other things yeah yeah, and some of them like are legit and compelling and just never, never seen again. <laughs> so um, I hope people tune into our future episodes to see if other people we talk about are compelling or not. Um, <laughs> or stick around regardless of how compelling they are. True. Um, Demanda, where can people find you to chat about this issue or anything else that you're posting about? Yes. So please come find me on social media. Uh, I'm across, I would say most social medias. I used to say all, but now there's so many new ones that keep popping up that I am just too overwhelmed to try to even think about starting a new uh, social media. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and TikTok at Demanda Martini, D M A N D A M A R T I N I. Again, I'm a DC based cosplayer and drag performer. Uh, I post my schedule. So if you're in the DC area, you can come find me in person. Um, I will also be, <clears throat> excuse me. It will also be um, uh, in person if you are someone who goes to conventions. I'll be at FlameCon in August, FanX in Salt Lake City in uh, September. Uh, I will then be at, of course, like my kind of home convention, Farpoint, in February. And you can find me at WonderCon in uh, Anaheim in California in March. And even if you're just a tourist in D.C., like Daryl and I were, go to a Demanda <laughs> Appearance, event. yes. Like, like I don't even like bingo, but I enjoyed <laughs> So uh, I enjoyed the drag bingo. Yeah, I, we can vouch for um, Demanda's social media content and the schedule that she posts, so you can find her if you're in the D.C. area. Well worth it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining. Find us on Instagram at X Factor Files Podcast. Be well. Bye.